Welcome back, lady listeners. Um, I'm sorry, I'm TikTok famous now. I'm going to need you to refer to me, like, with some sort of title or special name. Uh, what are you even at at this Hold point? Hold on. I have, like, obs- I'm obsessively checking it. I'm not being chill about this at all. Well, you know, peanut butter got 250000 Well, she better watch her back. I'm at 166 And that is quick. This <laughs> is at the end of 250 like, all said and done. Tell them what you, people are watching your TikTok for. Okay, so I talked about it last week that I said I was going to put up my Christmas trees, and I said I had to one-up my neighbor, you know, because she puts up eight, and I had previously put up seven the year before, and I was like, well, I got to do nine, and then you said you need to do ten. You need to make, ten. You need to go even So it's number. not so obvious that you just one-up. Exactly. So And then I, you also got to show that you don't fuck around. And that's what I want to let people know. I'm not fucking around. So I ended up, I got a tree for my bathroom and it's got toilet rolls all over it and like it's tissue. It's very simple. Yeah, it's but really adorable. cute. It's like a frosted tree. I got it at uh, Hobby Lobby. It was on clearance or whatever. They already have like a ton of their Christmas stuff marked down. I was like, it is November 18th. <laughs> what is <laughs> happening? But yeah, so I got a, a tree there, but I did tell somebody I have two that are very similar that I got at Big Lots. But when I went to Big Lots, they were out. So Mm-mm. that's why I went to Hobby Lobby and get it there. But you have to so. post a picture in the Remain Romance yeah. group on Facebook. It's so cute. Like, I mean, it's really simple. And it's in my bathroom in the corner. And the um the song I put with it is the woman singing. She was like, if I'm too much, go find less. You know? <laughs> so it's like, it is just so extra. It's so much. But What did your um, husband say when he seen it? I didn't tell him. So it was kind of a surprise. <laughs> he came home for lunch. And we were like sitting there. I'd made him a sandwich and stuff. And um, hold on. Let me refresh and see where we're at now. Let's do this the whole podcast. All right. Oh, I'm, my God. All right. This is the last 167,000. We'll stop there. And I'll give an update at the end. <laughs> so, anyways, I asked him, I was like, did she go to the bathroom? And he was like, no, why? And then he was immediately suspicious. And I was like, shit, I should have not said anything. But he would have said something if he'd gone, I would I think, for the Christmas tree in there. <laughs> that's what I thought. But then he might have, like, not said anything on purpose, just, like, get under my skin, which he mm-hmm. could see him doing. But he went in there, and when he came back out, or I heard him close the door, he was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> that was all he said. He's like, are you kidding me? And he came out and he was like, what are you, what is wrong with you? And I was like, it's beautiful, <laughs> isn't it? And then he made a meme about it where it was like he sat on the toilet and <laughs> took a picture of it, of the tree. And it said, no one, my wife. How about a Christmas tree in the, on the toilet or something like that? Like, <laughs> how, about a, how about a Christmas tree in the bathroom? Hey, you're not going to have to be screaming, I need toilet paper with exactly. that tree in Exactly. That tree's there to help you. Someone said on the comments on TikTok, they were like, it, the toilet paper is going back to its natural state, like on the tree. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty cute. But, um, so yeah, it was just, it's really, it was just a fun tree to put up and it was kind of silly, but. I've put all my trees that I've done on TikTok so far, so I always make a little video, but I don't really do a ton with it. Neither, I mean, it's Alexa Riley's, but neither of us has ever done a ton with it. It's like, it takes so much time mm-hmm. to make a good one Yeah, that it's like, especially if it's, it's not book awkward. related. 
Yeah, and you don't want it to feel, you know, when it's disingenuine, you can definitely tell when people are just making them to like, to try and be funny or to try and get likes. Like, it's just like, oh, that's desperate. You know, like, I feel like it mm-hmm. smells no, like... No, some are cringeworthy. I'm yeah, like, oh, I yeah. can't. Like, it's awkward even for me. I know. And then there's some where it's like, I see them and it's just like pages flipping and it's quotes from the book. And mm-hmm. I was just like, well, that doesn't tell me anything about it. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, so I don't know. I just don't have like the patience maybe to do it. Like, I would rather just sit on, I would just rather record something for Instagram and be like, Hey y'all, this is the book that's out today. Da, 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 that's it. But that's not yeah. really the format for TikTok. You know, it's mostly like clips and videos and transitions. And I, yeah. I just, I'd rather spend that time writing. <laughs> so I'm just like, I don't have time for this. But like when I posted up that silly video just to be like, oh, here you go. It, I was just amazed at how many people watched it. So I don't know. I'm just people love weird shit. I guess so. People love a Christmas tree in the bathroom. It is funny, but I mean, I'm not the first one to think of this. This is not an original idea. My friend, I've never seen one before in the bathroom. Really? No. Mm-hmm. My friend's mom, growing up, well, not growing up. I was like in my teens, I guess. My friend Laura, I think I was 19 the first time I went to her house, and I went to use the bathroom, and her mom had a tree in the bathroom, and I was like, I mean, it was little. It was like sitting on the counter. It's probably like a like two foot tree. Yeah. But I was like. Why have we not done this before? Why isn't this a thing? Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, why are we funding this? You know, it was seriously like, I don't know. It, it just occurred to me, like, nobody's ever said I couldn't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of what I went on with it was this year. But, you know, somebody was like, imagine if you did this tree in 2020. <laughs> and I was like, it would have been an embarrassment of riches. Like, oh my look gosh. at how bougie I am. I've got so much toilet paper. I'm putting it on the tree. <laughs> I, I can't. I said, that would have been amazing. I, know, I said 2020 could never <laughs> with this tree. Oh, man. I love it. Um, Maybe I'll, we should tell everybody what they're here for. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I just randomly popped in my head. <laughs> yes, we're here for Kat Baxter. She has got a book that she's brought us. It is called Rules of the Friend Zone. And I've got all the good stuff with her author bio and the book bio and her new releases and everything else that's going along with it. So, um, yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> but before we get to that, we're going to chit-chat a little bit. And just not only about me being TikTok famous. <laughs> but... um. I do want to mention this book, Rushed, by Aurora Rose Reynolds, is out today. It's November 30th. It's out today. She sent the cutest book box with, like, there's, like, a little zipper pouch that came with it. Like, time to explore. Like, and there's, like, like these cute, there's a deck of cards that she had the the book cover put on. Like, how cute is that? Mm-hmm. There's, like, some pins and stuff in it, but... It's just, she is just a doll. And I love this whole pack. Look how pretty, like, this box is. It's cute. Isn't that beautiful? It's, it's like, got really flowers. Pretty. Like that. She always has flowers. I know. She's so good. But, yeah. So, this book, Rushed, is out today. She sent a signed copy. She actually sent me two boxes. So, I'm going to give one away. So, if you're listening to this today, I'm going to put the book, un- book unveiling, what do you call that? Unboxing. I've lost my mind. So I'm doing the book unboxing. I'll post it up today, the 30th, so you can enter to win that. And it's a signed copy as well that she sent for that, too. So it's really exciting. It's really sweet of her. I love it. So, um, 
I had something that I messaged you about yesterday that I wanted to talk about when I was angry and in the car and on the way to like... I was like, what? I don't remember. (laughs) No, I know. So I had, I just had like a fucking day yesterday because I got up and I worked some in the morning, you know, I I wrote like first thing because I knew I had a ton of stuff to do today or that day. And so then I had like therapy at like 10 o'clock that morning and it was a big, like, it was one of those big dumps where I hadn't talked to her in a couple weeks. And so I had made a list and I told her everything I was working on. And then I wanted her to sort of validate my feelings about like, you know, my relationships and stuff. And she didn't, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Ashley is like, she's wonderful because she's someone that would hold me accountable to something like that, where she's like, look, you expect this from your partner they should receive this in return. And I was just like, I don't like that answer because it's not what I want. Like, I just, I reject that. And so she's like, okay, (laughs) whatever. And I called her a liar and she was like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) But um, she just doesn't take my shit and I appreciate that. But like at the same time, I was in an ill mood after that. And then I had to go take the kids to the dentist which is just a fucking ordeal. It's like herding cats at the dentist when I got two kids in two different rooms and they're all like hollering and, ah, you know, like so fucking dramatic. Mine went this way too. Are they dramatic when they go to the dentist or are they good? They're fine. Oh, God. But they're older. Yeah, true. My seven-year-old's just like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> just like, I'm like, please don't embarrass me. If you're a dental hygienist, I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry for my children. But, you know, like, after that, like, I came home and I had to cook dinner and stuff because it was already too late to, like, try and figure out to order something. I had stuff here I could cook quick. And so I was, like, doing that. And my husband was home and it just wasn't helping. And I was just, like, I just had a fucking enough. So I had a meeting that night with the city. I'm on an event committee with the city where I help plan and organize like events and stuff that happen. And we have a big Christmas one that's coming up and they were doing like a dinner for us that night. So I was going to go there and like eat and everything. And yet I'm still here like cooking dinner for my family before I go have dinner myself somewhere. And I'm just like, I'm leaving the house and I'm so mad. And I'm just like, I'm just so sick of being a fucking mom some days. Even though, like, we're not supposed to say that, you know, like, we're not, I don't think we're supposed to admit that out loud. Whatever, I tell these kids, well, you're driving me nuts, I'm going to leave. <laughs> That's what I feel like doing. But then I'm just like, why do I, why do I enable myself in this, in this situation, you know? Like, why do I keep putting myself in this situation where I'm running around and I'm doing the heavy lifting and then I'm resentful for it? What is, what is this? Like, what is this loop that I'm on forever? Is this some, is, will this, will it be this way forever as a mom? I don't know. I think that or maybe just, you're still holding too tight to some outlines of life. Yeah. Of things you're supposed to do. I used to, yeah. I don't do that so much anymore of what I think I'm supposed to do by society standards or yeah, what you've been programmed point. to think that needs to be done. So, you know. Sometimes you just slap a lunchable down. Sometimes you're just like, I'm going to go find something fucking to eat. Go in there. Open the pantry. Pull something out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, like, I watched um, that Adele Oprah special that was on this week. Mm-hmm. And there was a moment where Adele and Oprah were talking and she and uh, Oprah was asking her, she was like, why do you think, you know, 
you were with your partner for so long and then you get married and very quickly divorce afterwards. And Adele said, and I, I really love the interview, especially because she talked about him and how they're still, she was like, I still trust him with, she was like, I trust him above all others. He lives across the street from me. We co-parent our child. We're best friends still. Like we're still in each other's lives. She was like, it just wasn't what I thought it should have been. I wasn't fully me. I wasn't fully happy. Yeah. And so she said in the situation, she said that I was obsessed with the nuclear family, the mom, dad, this, mm-hmm. you know, child or children or whatever. She said, because I grew up not in a home like that. Like I grew up in a house that was chaotic and, you know, I guess her parents weren't together. I don't even know if she, her mom was an alcoholic, I think, or her dad was. I can't remember which one she said, but like, you know, she came from, I guess, a broken home, so to speak. So she said, I just grew up with this idea that she said, I always told myself while I was getting married, it was forever. Divorce was not an option. Da, da, da. And she said, so, but then I realized like once I got married, how unfair that is to put myself in a position where I'm unhappy just to fit, like you said, like fit this ideal of what I thought it should be. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's something that comes with time and age that I just realize, you know, maybe as my kids become more independent too. And I don't know. I always, when I start to get anxiety, you step back and then you're in the moment you're like, right now, if I don't do this or this doesn't happen, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about what's the worst, you're like, okay, that's really not that big of a fucking deal. Right, <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. I think it's like just not having that ability to have perspective in the moment is something that I struggle with. And I don't know. It was just one of those days where I was just like, I just want to sit down and complain, but I don't have time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm resentful for it. But I hope that... I hope my therapist is right. <laughs> that She's like, everything will be fine. You're a great mom. Stop worrying. But then at the same time, I bet you forget that. Um, did you ever say anything to your husband about it? No. And they can't fix anything they don't know. Exactly you can't expect right. anything from anybody that you don't ask. Yeah. It's true. You know, um, we talked about that before where it's like, you know, having to ask puts the ownership on me. You know, that it's like, it's just something else I have to consider is like, okay, well, if I want it, I have to ask to do this, you know, but it's like, what's more important to, you know, asking to do it or getting it done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that sucks. But it's kind of like that thing my husband kind of taught me. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, if I just do it, it gets done faster. Yeah. He's like, yeah, today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they don't learn to do this themselves. They're never going to do it. And you're going to be doing this every day because you just keep doing it. But if you make them do it now and it takes five minutes longer, a month from now, you're going to be like, oh, they do that on their own now. God, that's such a good point. That's I like that. I need to start considering that instead of just, like you say, instead of just doing it. Because sometimes I'm like, if I just do it, it's done. And he's like, yeah, Yeah. they're never going to learn how to sweep. They're never going to learn how Mm -hmm. to do this or that. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to I'm going to add that to my notes. I have like around my desktop here. I have like notes of (laughs) shit I should be doing. (laughs) One of my favorite quotes is here on a piece of paper and it says everyone has access to anger. 
And I just love that. It was in a book I read. It was um, it was the Kim Stone series by Angela Marsons. And her character says that in one of her, like, interviews or whatever. And they're like, oh, this person was like, did this and this and this. And she was like, listen, everyone has access to anger. Yep, And, and it was quiet. just like, wow. Yeah. Like, that was such a good one. I wrote that down and I stuck it up there. And, like, it's, that's something. I feel like it's the easiest emotion to pull from somebody. The easiest. It's a right there <laughs> so speaking of anger and crazy tell me about tiger king oh god <laughs> i haven't been feeling great because i went i haven't i've been working out or i jog and i haven't been lifting weights in a while and i decided i'm gonna lift some weights so i did that and yeah, of course i'm do. paying for it i'm paying you, for it for two days in and you're like grab the big ones let's go no, no i picked it i got an app and i Kind of, the app was actually really cool. Maybe I should tell it because some people might. You I've should. been putting it off so long because I didn't know what to do or what to lift or how much. But then I got this app and it actually like tell like you can put in what equipment you have if you're at home, yeah. your weight and everything. And like if you're an extreme beginner and it mm-hmm. will tell you the sets and the pounds to do. Mm-hmm. And actually if you click, like if you're like, what is that? You click it and it'll show a video of somebody like almost like a gift. So it's like a oh, quick that's really nice. to show what they're doing. Yeah, real quick. yeah. It's called, so if somebody else wants to do it, FitBod. FitBod. It helped me a ton. Like I did the workout. But I'm sore. But so I've been laying in bed. I was like, I got up this morning. I was stiff. And I started my period. And I was like, okay. So I watched the entire Tiger King thing. <laughs> so tell me about it. Like I thought, because I'd seen Carol Baskin was like, it's nothing new. Da, 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 da. But it was. Like the first episode, so it's a mild spoiler, but you learn it like instantly. It's mm-hmm. like, y'all know that um, Tiger King was a cop? What? He was a police officer when he was like nineteen, like the youngest in the county. Wait, the Joe Exotic. Joe got he. No way, he was a yeah. cop. Yes. Oh my god, that's wild. I didn't know like, that. Like there is still new information, but every <laughs> everybody's like flip flopping and recanting stories, yeah, yeah. and it is like there's more. And then you learn more about John, uh-huh. the guy that everybody's like Carol killed. Uh huh. And I said from season one. I hope she killed him because I picked up little pieces of who he was uh-huh. and some of the information. And wasn't she like super young when they got together? Yeah. She was 19 years old mm-hmm. walking down the road in the mm-hmm. middle of the night because she just ran out on her on her boyfriend or whatever he was. Yeah. And he picked her up. That I think like we know what guy. kind of man he mm-hmm. is. And yeah. he was a lot older. And oh. he's always flying, flying down to um, the Caribbean or whatever. Mm-hmm. Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. having a whole nother life down there. So there's like a million things that could happen to this man when they start unfolding his life on this season two. You're like, holy yeah, shit. I was like, know? and I'm more, and I'm like, I hope she killed that motherfucker because she did some people some favors. <laughs> Do you ever wish that like, you're like, you know what? I hope I leave behind this kind of legacy. Cause I think that sometimes <laughs> like, I hope that people are like, did you watch that documentary on Leah? <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> she used to be a cop. <laughs> Just crazy but shit. Like it was that. interesting. I mean, the episodes are a little shorter. I think there's only like five. I've binged it. There is new information if you want to watch. I mean, I want more. I'm interested You're to know. You're still fascinated with it. Yeah, I'm still fascinated. Yeah. And, you know, Joe belongs where he's at. Yeah, I thought that's right. 
All right. I have another note to ask you about Costco. Tell me everything. What did you do? So I go to Costco and I'm standing there. Like I've only been in there for five minutes. I'm try- I'm taking my sweater off and trying on a coat. Cute tummy Hilfiger jacket for like 30 bucks. Hell yeah. I got an Eddie Bauer one for the kids for like 12 bucks. It was nice. I got my someone. So I got my shirt off like in the middle of Costco. And somebody's <laughs> like, As you Melissa. Do. And I'm like, what oh fuck who is this i turn around and there is my ex-mother-in-law no. <laughs> like, but you really liked her i love her i know like I that was like, you said that was the breakup like you had to break up with her and not your husband like that was and like you. every she's so tried to friend it? me on facebook a few times and then she'll unfriend me because i'm guessing like he didn't mm. let her because uh-huh. he was a, he was a great guy. He just wasn't my guy. He was yep. a sweetheart, yep. just not mine. But no, we sat and chatted for a minute and stuff like that. But it was nice to catch up. What is she doing? Does she give you any inside intel on what's going no, on? No, not really. Okay. It was a quick chat. She asked me how my parents were, and I asked her what she was up to, and that kind of stuff before we moseyed along. And I went and ate some food. But it was nice Aww. to see her. She looked exactly the same. Which Did is she? Great. For like, what that. has it been like? 15, 16 years since I probably seen Jeez, yeah. I was like, she looked exactly the same. If I hadn't seen you in a long time and I saw you, I think the first thing I'd do is ask you about your parents. (laughs) Like, I love them so much. Everybody always asks me about my parents. I know, I love them. They're such (laughs) good people. I would, I'd be like, how's your mom and dad? (laughs) How's your mom (laughs) or them? So. But it was, there was just too much. I came home with too much stuff. I loved the flowers, which is why I went ahead and got a card. (laughs) Because <laughs> Costco is on my way to Jason's Deli, which I go to a couple of times a week. I was like, I can swing in and grab flowers real quick. Uh-huh. But sure. everything else is just such a big bulk. Like, my refrigerator is so stuffed full of odds and ends. I'm like, what am I going to do with all this shit? But two things <laughs> that I love that I got was the pigs in a blanket that were Parmesan crusted. I like fucked those up. I cooked them in the air fryer. Well, my friend cooked them in the air fryer, and then I yeah. ate them. Those were yummy. Good. And then um, you probably won't like this one. It was a caramelized cheese dip thing. Mm. Caramelized onion cheese dip. Mm. It was so good. I couldn't stop eating it. Like, I got this big jug, and I'm like, what am I going to do with this fucking jug? And it's it like <laughs> one-fourth left. Oh, my God. Are you yeah. serious? The jug's like this big. Holy fuck. But me and Jeanette fucked it up while she was here. And then I've been eating on it. Well, I used to, you know, I dipped sour cream in that powder dip with my little yep, crackers. Yep. I've been doing uh-huh. it with that dip now Ooh. at night for my snack. And you're obsessed. It's so good. Go it's like an onion caramelized something dip. I don't know. It's over by like where they keep the I'll have to grab it, Kevin. We're other dips. That. I don't know. It was really good. Like I was surprised. Like I took a bite and I was like, oh shit. But those are my you faves. I found, I got something from the bakery section before, and I didn't realize <gasps> you have to buy two. Yes, I had to run back. Why? So is, what is I, that? I, I guess so you, have, you to buy, have to buy. That's the price is two, but we fucked those Danishes up. We got Let the cream tell cheese you, and the cherry. Oh my god! They're even so my kids. Good. They were gone. Eight pastries, like in twenty four hours, gone. And they're huge. They're yep. gigantic. It's like a whole fucking I know. Pie. I would cut one in half. Like, I'm only going to eat half, and I eat the half, and then I walk back over and get the other 
like, like, what was I thinking? Like, why am I even, why am I even That's like, right. I, I need to go back. I think I'm probably going to go tomorrow and grab those Danishes, more hot dogs, and flowers. I think I'm going to go tomorrow, too, now that you're saying. <laughs> We're going to make this into a Costco podcast. I don't even give a shit. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Cat Baxter now that we've, like, gone through and, and, you know, totally done everything else. (laughs) All right, so the book we have this week that she's brought us, she's so sweet. Like, every conversation I've had with her, she's just been so nice. Like, what do you want? What do you need? I'm right here. Like, I'll do this. What do you think? You know, and just her giveaways and everything. So Here's her author bio. USA Today bestselling author Kat Baxter writes fast-paced, sweet, and steamy romantic comedies. Readers have dubbed her dubbed her the queen of adorable in her books Laugh Out Loud Funny and Hot Enough to Melt Your Kindle. She lives in Texas with her family in Menagerie of Animals. Kat is a pseudonym for a best-selling historical romance author. Connect with Kat online at katkatbaxterauthor.com. In the book you're about to hear, it, I, like I said, it's The Rules of the Friend Zone. Oh, I do want to mention she's got a new release right now. It's called Merry Christmas, M-A-R-R-Y. It's a second chance marriage of convenience, curvy girl romance. That's in the title. I was like, Damn. yes, yes, yes to all of that. <laughs> and then the other new one she has is on his naughty list. It's a sports, a, a sports slash curvy girl one night stand romance. Which I'm like, I'm in for that too. So those are her new releases right now. I believe she's giving away a $25 gift card too. But we'll just check the giveaway and make sure that's it. I want to double check with her. Um, And here is the bio for rules of the friend zone. You know those stories about the chubby, awkward, geeky girl in glasses who's stupidly and secretly in love with her hot jock of a best friend? Yeah, that's my life. I'm a walking cliche of unrequited love. When a freak Texas snowstorm hits, we're forced to cuddle and share body heat to stay warm. There are some things you just can't hide when you're pressed skin to skin. Now I have to figure out if we're truly just friends or if maybe he's been in love with me too. So I went on Kat's Amazon page and she has the cutest titles for her books. She does. She has like, and I like that in next to all of her titles, it tells you what kind of book it is. The tropes. Yeah, exactly. So like one of them is called Curveball, an older man slash younger woman, curvy girl romance, curvy soulmates. And I was just like. Perfect. Perfect. Done. And this is his other one that came out on his naughty list. A sports slash curvy girl, one night stand romance. Um, that's the one I just mentioned. You've got male, a frenemies to lovers, curvy girl romance, virgin cowboy, a husky virgin hero, curvy girl. Like, it's just, like, I love that. There you go. Friends to lovers. <laughs> like, it's all just spelled out for you. So, if you listen to today's audiobook and you love it, you're going to love everything she writes and go grab it up. Um, I think everything she's got is in Kindle Unlimited, too. So, if you want to go check her out, you can read it for free on there. So, All right, let's let's, listen. Let's do it. (laughs) We'll see you guys on the other side. This is Rules of the Friend Zone by Kat Baxter. Read for you by Daniel Morrison. Rule number one. Do not have sexy dreams about your best friend. Dylan. I rock my hips and slide deeper inside her wet heat. Nothing has ever felt more perfect. God 
Damn Piper, I groan. I piston in and out of her, and her long legs wrap around my waist. I always knew it would be like this with us, explosive and passionate and just fucking good. I slam into her, and the headboard pounds against the wall. Pound, pound, pound. Dylan, she yells. Tell me you love me, I whisper. I love you, she says. I shift my position so I'm up on my knees while I continue to fuck her. I grip her hips and angle her body just right so I'm hitting her G-spot. Her spectacular tits bounce with every one of my thrusts. The headboard keeps its rhythmic banging. Pound, pound, pound. I bring my thumb to her clit and rub a tight circle around it. Her warm brown eyes widen, and then she comes, the walls of her pussy squeezing my dick and pushing me into my own climax. I come roaring her name. When I wake up, I realize I've just had my first wet dream since I was a teenager. My sheets are a mess. I'm a mess. Awesome. Then I hear the pounding and realize it's my door. I glance at my bed and realize I have no headboard. Stupid dream. Shit, she's here already. I grab my phone and see I've missed a slew of texts from her, the last of which is a gif of a frozen statue and her words, I'm dying. I laugh. She's so dramatic. I grab a pair of sweats and race to the bathroom where I give myself a quick wipe down to get all the semen off my stomach. Pound, pound, pound. I'm coming, I yell. <laughs> yeah, I did that already. I pull on the sweatpants as I make my way to my front door. I toss it open and Piper glares at me. Took you long enough? I should just give you a key, I murmur. Not that I want her letting herself in while I'm fucking her in my dreams, because that would be all kinds of awkward. She steps to the side of me and into my living room. I was freezing my ass off out there. I let my eyes trail the length of her tall, voluptuous body. She's wearing her usual knee-length wool skirt, sweater, and knee socks. This pair is black with white deathly hollow symbols all over them. They hit right above her curvy calves. Who would have thought the backside of a woman's knee would be so sexy? God save me from those fucking knee socks. I barely manage to adjust my semi-hard cock when she turns around to face me. Her brown eyes stare at me behind her purple cat eye glasses. I catch her gaze dropping and admiring my naked torso before she catches herself and quickly looks at my face. What were you doing anyways that it took you that long to get to the door? It's stupid cold outside. I was doing you, I'm tempted to say. But I don't say it because Piper is my best friend. She's been my best friend ever since the university assigned her as my tutor my junior year. And I'm pretty sure having hot sex dreams about your best friend is the shortest path to not having a best friend. So I keep my mouth shut. Instead, I head into the kitchen to get some coffee going and to avoid looking at her face. I was sleeping. She swats my shoulder. Why were you sleeping when you knew I was on my way over? 
because traveling over the holiday sucks and my flight didn't get in until three in the morning. We spent Christmas with our families, me and my brothers in Chicago, Piper and Corpus Christi with her mom, dad, half-brother Brooks, and Brooks' grandmother. Ever since I graduated from the college we both went to, Piper and I have had our own separate holiday celebration at my house after we visit our families. Even though I knew she was on her way from Corpus, I wasn't sure what time she'd be here. And you know, you would be warmer if you wore real pants instead of a skirt and tall socks, I tell her now. She climbs up onto one of my bar stools. Meh, I wore jeans at Grand's house. Then she smiles broadly, and I rub the spot over my heart because it feels twitchy. Did I tell you that Brooks got married? Your brother Brooks? Uh, no, you didn't mention that. Huh. Anyways, he did, and she was at Christmas. And she's his childhood best friend, and they're so adorable together, it's crazy. I lean against the counter while I wait for the coffee to brew. Her gaze is soft and dreamy, in a way that doesn't help my chubby problem, so I change the topic. Did you see the forecast? She makes a funny face. Yeah, I can't tell if the meteorologists are messing with us or doing drugs. Snow for an entire week? In Austin? That's insane. I lift a shoulder. Possibly, but climate change is making all kinds of weird shit happen. I read the other day that Greenland lost enough water in a single day to cover the state of Florida in a couple inches of water. That's insane and terrible. I grab the mugs from my cabinet and pour us each a cup. Mine black with just a scoop of sugar, hers with copious amounts of sugar and cream. I set hers on the counter between us and slide it to her. She looks up at me and smiles. Thank you. Then her face falls and sadness fills her eyes. I walk around the kitchen bar and wrap myself around her in a hug. The first thing I notice is her scent. She always smells like chai tea, spicy with cloves and cinnamon. Why are you sad, Socks? I ask her while ignoring the second thing I notice. How fucking good she feels in my arms. We've always been physically affectionate, but lately when we hug, I feel things that are 100% not platonic. Because these are our last few days living in the same city. Even though I graduated from the University of Texas a couple of years before her, I got a job here in Austin. Not long after that, I inherited my grandfather's house in central Austin, which even kept me pretty close to campus. But in December, she graduated. While she's considering which graduate program she wants to go to for robotics, did I mention that my girl is crazy smart? She'll move to Corpus to work for her brother's green energy company. Corpus is only three hours away, but it's a lot further than the 20 minutes apart we've been for the past few years. I pull back but keep my hands on her arms. Her expressive brown eyes are swimming in unshed tears. Everything is going to change. I hate change, she says. You thought everything was going to be different when I graduated, but it wasn't. We still do our takeout Tuesdays while watching Storm Chaser's diaries. Our friendship is important to both of us. We will make sure to stay close. I told you, we can coordinate our dinner and watch our show together even from different cities. She blows out a breath. 
which drops my gaze to her lips. Those perfect lips that are always slightly updicked in a tiny grin. Some people have resting bitch face, not my piper. She has resting sweet face. I know you say that, but... She rubs her cheek against my chest like she's trying to burrow deeper. Promise you'll send me every drawing you do, not just the ones you post on Insta. Promise, I say, even though I don't actually show her every drawing I do now. Comic book illustration is a hobby I've had for years, one I never shared with anyone until Piper discovered it by accident. She's my biggest fan and encouraged me to start a dedicated Instagram account. It'll never be a living, but it's fun. And the only drawings I don't show her are the ones I do of her. Those she has no idea exist. I'm pretty sure one look and she'd know that my feelings for her go a bit beyond platonic. She knows me well enough, I'm afraid she'll sense I'm prevaricating. So I pull my phone out of my pocket and hand it to her. Why don't you order some groceries or food or whatever to be delivered? Even if we don't get snow, it's going to be cold out there and I don't want to go anywhere. I'm going to go take a shower. I lean forward and plant a kiss on her forehead, then turn and walk away before I can kiss her anywhere else. Rule number two. No kissing, no thinking about kissing, no looking at lips, and definitely no imagining those lips doing other things. Piper I force myself to stay in the exact position I'm in so that I don't turn and watch Dylan walk away. Gray sweatpants? Seriously, that should be against the rules. I mean, his ass looks amazing in everything, but wearing sweatpants is just not playing fair. I swear when he first opened the door that I could see all of the details of his Frank and Beans. Like, I now know that he's circumcised. I squeeze my eyes shut. What is wrong with me? He is my best friend. I'm not supposed to be having sexy time thoughts about him. But also, what is wrong with him? Since when does he kiss my head? Since when does he kiss any part of me? I did not need to know how soft his lips are, because knowing that just makes me imagine what they'd feel like on my cheek or my neck, or other more dangerous areas. I've imagined kissing Dylan a million times over the last several years. You can't have a best friend who looks like him and not fantasize about that. But up until a few moments ago, I could have lied to myself about the softness of his mouth. I could have decided they were rough and chapped and dry and gross. Obviously, I wouldn't have believed any of that, but it's not even an option now. I pick up his phone and start ordering our favorites because I already know, without looking, that he has coffee, yogurt, and bananas in his kitchen. Other than that, his kitchen will be bare. He is the kind of guy who keeps only the necessities on hand and everything else he eats out or orders in. I, on the other hand, am the kind of girl who likes to keep my snacking and eating options open, as evidenced by my ass, which I like to think of as fluffy. Dylan and I have been friends too long for me to feel awkward about the fact that he's a lean, sculpted, 
specimen of human perfection, and I'm not. I think he secretly loves having snack foods around, but is just too focused on other things to remember to buy them. Once I've got all that taken care of, I dig my Kindle out of my purse and then snuggle up on his sofa to read. A few minutes later, he comes back into the living room. He looks no less attractive than he did when he left, but at least he's wearing a shirt this time, so I don't have to pretend I'm not staring at his six-pack abs and treasure trail and man freckles. I'm tempted to ask him about the forehead kiss, but I keep my mouth closed because mentioning it will tell him that I noticed, and I can totally be cool with him kissing my forehead. Maybe I'll kiss his forehead, too. Not now, though, because that would be weird. He flops onto the couch next to me, and God, he smells good. His brown hair is wet, and it makes it harder to see the auburn shot through his strands. What are you reading? he asks. I glance over at him, and he's smiling like a fool at me. What? I ask. I just barely glanced at your screen and already saw the words cock and clit. So, you must be reading something good. I roll my eyes. Don't be a child. He just smirks and grabs the remote off the coffee table. I stare at my e-reader, not actually seeing the words, and instead think back to the moment I first met him. I'd been a freshman at the University of Texas, and he'd been a junior on a football scholarship in desperate need of tutoring. I'd walked into the library expecting to find a dumb jock and instead had met the unique gaze of a smart, sensitive, and beautiful man. I'd been smitten from the beginning. He'd had a girlfriend back then, a twig-thin cheerleader type with big hair and big boobs. Kimber. Not Kimberly. She was too damn cute for that extra syllable. Despite that early crush of mine, I outlasted Kimber as well as a few others, and I learned that I made a great best friend to Dylan Waite, but I'd never be anything more. Two weeks after that, we'd had our first argument about his eye color of all things. He'd said they were blue, plain and simple, but he was wrong. His eyes were a hypnotic blend of blue and green with gold flecks tossed in. They were the color of the Caribbean Sea at sunset, with the moon glinting off the aqua depths. Thankfully, the doorbell rings, which pulls me out of my mental cataloging of his features. When I get like this, is the only time I know that moving to a different city will be a good thing. I'm too hung up on Dylan and my silly fantasies of what if. I need to get away from him for a while and remember what it's like to be with a man in more ways than just friendship. Dylan finishes carrying in all the snowstorm essentials I ordered that were dropped off on his front porch. After depositing things in his kitchen, he heads back to the front door instead of back to the couch. Socks, come here, he calls from the front door. I set down my reader and walk over to him. He's got the door still open and the frigid air from outside swirls around my legs as I get closer. My nipples tighten and I shiver. Wow, it's cold. Yeah, but look. He points out and past the overhang of his 1920s bungalow. I see it. Snow. Huge flakes of snow, the kind I've rarely seen outside a movie. 
Now, you have to understand that here in Central Texas, we get some cold weather, but we get less than two full months worth of winter. So when we do have the occasional snow, it's either itty-bitty flurries that kind of blow around outside, or it's wet, slushy ice that's gross and messy. But this, right now, is big, fat, quarter-sized snowflakes, like real, honest-to-goodness snow. Oh my gosh, I say. It's so pretty. I'm glad you got the food ordered. The temperatures are going to keep dropping and the roads are going to be undrivable soon. You know, all the people up north are going to be laughing at us for staying in with just this amount of snow. I shiver again and he pulls me to his side, wrapping one of his thickly, corded with muscles, arms around my shoulders. It's just because they have salt trucks and de-icing stuff. We don't have any of that. Once this snow settles on the road and melts from the heat of the asphalt and then refreezes because it's cold as balls outside, it's going to become sheets of ice. I turn and smile at him. Let's make hot chocolate and popcorn. And watch the weather? He waggles his eyebrows at me. We are dorks. You know that, don't you? He lifts a shoulder and a shrug. Why? Because we watch the weather channel for fun? So what? Jim Cantori is cool. I'm man enough to admit that. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why Dylan is my best friend. Yes, he's total man candy, but beneath all of the smoldering hotness beats the heart of a nerd, and I'm all in for that. We shut his front door and move back into the house. I head into the kitchen to get the hot chocolate going, and he turns on the television. An hour later, we've plowed through two bowls of popcorn and nearly a fourth of a bag of tiny marshmallows. Okay, that last thing is my fault because I like my hot chocolate with way too many marshmallows. My love of all things sugar is the reason my ass is the size that it is. And when I think about not having dessert in my life, I become remarkably okay with the fact that I've got junk in my trunk. We're still geeking out about being in the center of breaking weather news when both of our phones buzz at the same time. They're going to have to start rolling brownouts, Dylan says. The grid won't be able to withstand the heavy usage. Your house is cozy, so we should be okay, right? His house is tiny and adorable. I'm sure we will be fine. Rule number three. If your best friend is wearing clothing that may incite accidentally lusting, never ever look at exposed skin and definitely don't touch it. Dylan Famous last fucking words, because you know what? We're not fine. It's cold in my house. Let's face it. When you inherit your grandparents' old house in your early 20s, you don't have the kind of funds needed to restore it. So, while things are mostly in good shape, the windows are old and evidently the insulation is crap. All things you don't know until you're in the middle of a freak snowstorm and you have to lower your heat setting to hopefully prevent losing power altogether. I think Piper's teeth are chattering and her lips look a little blue. We should just go to bed. At least we'll be warmer under blankets, I say. Good idea, 
She jumps up from the couch and makes a beeline to the guest room where she's stored her stuff. Meanwhile, I make sure everything is locked up, grab some flashlights just in case we do lose power, then I head into my bedroom. I just come out of the bathroom when Piper walks in. She's wearing tiny sleep shorts with dancing unicorns and tutus on them and a tank top. Her socks are still there and I'm trying really hard not to stare at her chest because I can see how cold she is. Her nipples are practically cutting holes through the fabric. Do you need something? I ask. I quickly walk past her and climb into the bed hoping she can't see that I've got the beginnings of a hard-on tinting my black boxer briefs. Yes, I do need something. She pulls the covers back and climbs into my bed. Then she scurries across my California king until she's pressed to my side. Body heat. I will die if I have to sleep in that cold room alone. Her hands lay on my stomach and I tense. Christ, your hands are freezing. I told you. She looks up at me with those soulful brown eyes. Is it okay if I'm in here? It's not weird, right? I wrap my arm around her and pull her tighter to me. No socks, it's not weird. On the contrary, it feels fucking perfect for her to be snuggled up next to me. And I'm thankful that I took the time earlier today to change my sheets so I don't have to explain why I had gum all over them. Can you believe how much snow is out there? She asks, settling in next to me, her voice thick with awe. I really can't. I've lived in Austin my entire life and I've never seen it like this. When my parents moved to Chicago, I teased them about the weather, and I'm pretty sure it's currently colder here than it was when I was just there. And there's more on the forecast for the next few days. She giggles, and the little puffs of warm breath that come out fan across my chest, and I'm nearly full hard at this point. What? I ask. Did you hear the weather people actually use the word blizzard? I laugh with her. She abruptly rolls away, then slips out of the bed. I lean up on my elbows. What are you doing? You're so warm, I don't need my socks. She puts one foot on the bed, then slowly rolls down the sock. It's absurdly sexy, and I know I'm just staring at her. She switches feet and does the same with the other leg. How is she this sexy without having a clue about it? Why are you wearing such tiny pajamas, I ask. I reach down and adjust my dick because he's trying to crawl out the front slit of my boxers. Her brows raise. What do you mean? She looks down at herself. This is what I always sleep in. Don't you have any footed pajamas or thermal long johns or something? Anything that would cover more of her tempting body. She rolls her eyes. No, do you? Well, no. Exactly, because we live in Texas. She crawls back into the bed, but turns away from me this time. It takes her a few times to get her pillow fluffed just right, but then she settles. Come spoon me, I'm cold. I roll closer to her, but resist pulling her flush to my body. There will be no hiding my heart on then. I put my hand on her waist. Dylan, that is not spooning. Come on, warm me up. She wiggles her body and I suppress a groan. I just 
barely manage to buck backwards when her plump ass comes too close to my groin. Shit. Why won't you hug me? Come on, put that big body of yours to use. Warm me up. I squeeze my eyes shut. It's like she's trying to kill me, or at least torture me. She rolls onto her back and looks over at me. That's it. I'm just going to climb on top of you and warm up that way. Please don't do that. You don't have to be an ass, Dylan. I know I'm not dainty, but it's not like I was going to squash you. I see the hurt flash into her eyes, and it guts me. She moves to turn back to her side, but I stop her. You want to know why I'm not spooning you? I roll my body on top of her and let my pelvis fall into the cradle between her open thighs. Her eyes widen. I rock my dick against her. That's why. Her lips part. You're hard. No shit. She licks her lips. Fuck, I want to kiss her. Neither of us move. My erection is pressed against the heat of her pussy. The only thing separating us are thin scraps of cotton. We stare at each other and I can see her chest moving more rapidly with her increased breathing. I'm just about to roll off of her before I do something I might regret when her body shifts beneath mine. Why are you hard? She asks. Her voice sounds breathy and sexy. Because you came into my room practically naked wearing those tiny pajamas, and then you rubbed all over me. Then you got out of bed with those fucking knee socks. You have no idea what they do to me. She swallows visibly, her legs open wider, and then they raise, wrapping around my waist. I swallow hard. What are you doing, socks? Her eyes close, and she angles her body up to mine, rubbing herself on my cock. You feel so good, she breathes. God damn it, I should roll off of her and tell her to go to sleep. Hell, I should climb out of this bed and, I don't know, go out into the snow or something to clear my head, but I don't. Instead, I rock against her pussy, knowing that my dick is sliding against her clit. She arches, exposing her creamy neck, and I can't fucking help myself. I lean down and kiss the tempting skin. Make me come, Dylan, please. It's been so long. She doesn't have to ask me twice. I lean up. Take off your shorts, I tell her. Her hands move to her waistband, and she shimmies out of her shorts and panties. When she moves her legs up to pull her clothing off, I'm hit with the musky scent of her arousal. Fuck me. It'll be a miracle if I can withstand burying my face between her thick thighs. I pull down my boxers and her eyes widen. Don't panic, Socks. I'm not going to fuck you, unless you ask me to. I smile at her, then lower myself back to her body. The first contact of her wet heat makes my eyes roll back. I position myself so that I'm too high to enter her but in just the right spot to grind against her clit. Her legs wrap around me again, and she puts her arms around my neck. Kiss me, she whispers. I slant my lips across hers and give no warning before I plunge my tongue into her mouth. 
The slide of our tongues against each other mimics the slide of my dick against her wet pussy. Fuck me, but I want to be inside her. Kissing Piper is amazing, but I want more. So much more. I want to strip off her silly tank top and expose her tits. I want to suck on her nipples until she cries out my name. I can't remove her shirt in our current position, so I do the next best thing. I break our kiss and tug on the top until I can get the fabric beneath the heavy weight of her breasts. You're fucking perfect, I tell her before I suck the hardened tip into my mouth. I swirl my tongue around at the peak. Oh, 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 wow. Her body stills briefly beneath mine. Then she shatters in a climax. I lean up to watch her face, keeping my movements steady until she's ridden out the orgasm. Her eyes open and she smiles at me. Her hands rub down my back until she reaches my ass and she squeezes, cupping me tighter to her. Dylan, it might not be the wisest choice, but I don't care. Please fuck me. I search her face. Are you sure? I've never been more sure of anything. I reach over her body to the nightstand to grab a condom. She shakes her head. You don't need that. I'm clean and I'm on the pill. I'm clean too, I murmur. I'm disappointed with her admission. Not that she's clean, but that she's on birth control. Getting her pregnant wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I'm momentarily struck with the direction of my thoughts. If I knock her up, she won't be able to move away from me. She'd be tied to me forever. Since when do I think like a goddamn caveman? Fuck, she's completely undoing me. Are you sure? I ask again. I don't want you to hate me in the morning. You're my best friend, Dylan. I could never hate you. Welcome back. Hi. So, this was the first installment of Rules of the Friend Zone. Make sure you check back here on Thursday for the second installment. Enter this week's giveaway, and don't forget to check out Merry Christmas, M-A-R-R-Y, which is a second chance marriage of convenience and on his naughty list, a sports curvy girl one-night stand romance. I'll link you guys her Amazon in the show notes so you guys can click right over yep. it. Go scroll books. on down and get it up. So, All right. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me 